Well, praise the Lord. Listen, <clears throat> week before last, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit and the functions, made mention of the function of the gifts uh, that are to be used outside of the church, but we focused mainly on what happens within the church and how the gifts of the Spirit function. Last Wednesday, then, pastor ministered, and then we talked about communion and the communion of the Lord and what it does in our lives and the fact that we have the DNA of God in us, and when we're born again, it is enlivened, and we become more and more recognized as children of God as we process those things and begin to function and operate in them. <clears throat> so tonight I want to talk about how that God has promised to watch over his word to perform it. And we've got to get that so deep in our hearts in this age that we are living in that we start living it in an, in an absolute area that we don't doubt that truth. Some time ago I talked about creating an atmosphere basically of belief that we create an atmosphere in Christ church of belief that it becomes impossible for anybody who aligns themselves and becomes a part of this ministry to be unbelievers. Eventually they're going to have to believe they're going to come to the believing power and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And it's a promise of God that he has made to us, and it is a promise that is actually part of the promise of the harvest. But in Mark 16, I want you to turn there. We'll start at verse 15. Reason being is because verse 14, he kind of gets on to them about their hardness of heart and their unbelief and not believing when the, the people who said they saw him they wouldn't believe them until they actually saw them themselves. And then he goes on and he says now, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Now let's start there. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. The good news about that word is saved is an ongoing process. It is the beginning thing when we come to Jesus and we are saved. We believe, we are baptized, and we are saved. The good news is we were saved, but it's also good to know that we're being saved. And it's good, better, to, gooder to know that we will end up being saved. Because the basis of the word for salvation involves every aspect of our lives being renewed, being made new, being made whole. Healing is a part of that salvation. Prosperity is actually a part of salvation. Salvation is everything that the curse is not. It is the exact opposite of everything that came under the curse. Because everything Adam lost when he sinned Jesus redeemed by becoming sin for us. 
and dying on the cross. So therefore, it's all restored. The problem isn't that it's not restored. The problem is, is we've not been taught. We've not believed. And yet, here Jesus is talking to his disciples that have not believed, did not initially believe in his resurrection. They had to go through some hoops and jump through some things before they could actually grip the fact that it was real. You and I are not any different because we still have to struggle in our own mind. We don't have to, but we do struggle in our own minds about this whole issue of salvation and what it covers. Salvation isn't a ticket to heaven. Salvation is a ticket to life. It's about this life. It's about what God wants us to be and to do and how he wants to do in us in this life. So he says that those who believe and are baptized will be saved. This Sunday is baptismal Sunday. So think about that. If you were baptized at one time in your life and yet you really didn't know what it was you were doing, you really didn't look at it in the proper perspective, maybe you even need to rethink that. So he says, and these signs will follow those who believe. So right off the bat, who's exempted? Huh? Say it loud. Unbelievers. The only exemption is unbelief. And that is unbelief in every aspect of the signs. These signs will follow. The believer who believes the signs will follow. So he says, these signs will follow them who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing. It will not, by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now the issue about the serpents, nobody get messed up with me about that. I ain't handling snakes. You're not going to handle snakes. If a, if a box shows up in the front of this church with snakes, I will be out. Pastor will be out with me. However, there are places that still do that. There, that you see, no matter what, there are nuts that are still alive. I call them granola bar Christians. Fruits, flakes, and nuts. No preservatives added. And you go to messing around handling snakes, you're not. So no, none of you are that way, so let's don't even mess with it anymore. Let's move right along. And they will speak with new tongues and cast out demons. We will do the things that he says because he says, and they will lay hands on the sick and they, the sick, will recover. He who believes that you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover, will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There's no exceptions. There's no question marks. There's no buts. There's nothing. It's just this is how it is. And yet how many times have we laid hands on the sick and they didn't recover? Did God not mean what he said? 
Or are we still fighting with the unbelief factor? Well, of course we are. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Now here's really the verse I want you to get. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. These signs will follow them that believe and God worked with them with the accompanying signs. In essence, God backed up his word. Action is always necessary whenever God gives a command. And Jesus gave this command to say, go into the world and preach the gospel. And this is what will happen as a result of you going into the world and preaching the gospel. Because you see, he gives the command of preach. And then he says, this is what will happen as a result. I will back up the word by these signs. So it is the word that brings out the impetus and the, the catalyst to see the signs and wonders work that God has said he was going to do. So it's with his word. Now we have great times in worship and there are people being healed. There are people being healed during baptisms now. We're hearing all kinds of things, even people being delivered while they're being baptized. But the result is, the reality is, it's, if it's based on the word, God will back it up with corresponding signs following. So whatever else is going on, we've got to look to the word because the, the, the action to us to obey the command brings the result of God fulfilling his word. Hebrews 2 and 4. He says, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Hebrews 4 and 21, he says, what he had promised, he believed what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Talking about Abraham. Believing that if God said it, God's the one who is able to perform it. And he will perform it. So when we look at it and we realize it, God has said, whatever you say of my word, I will back it up with my promise and perform it. Philippians 1 and 6 says, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it or perform it. He will perform his word. In Acts 4, Peter had gotten into trouble with the Pharisees already. Seeing somebody healed made them all mad. They called him before him, told him they shouldn't preach in his name anymore because it's making them look bad. In essence, they were censoring or trying to censor everything Peter was saying. That ought to sound familiar today. They passed the, in the Senate passed, I don't know if the House has yet confirmed it, this stupid thing they called the Defense of Marriage Act. Yeah. 
My mind is, is sometimes dangerous. Because I was thinking about that this morning, Pastor. And the first thought I had was a Trojan horse. But then it got, the crazy started coming in. And I saw a Trojan unicorn. And we had uh, cross-dressers jumping out of the bottom of it with their, with their garments on. And we had all kinds of different, for lack of a better term, freak shows bouncing out of the thing and running toward the church doors to test the law. I wish I was a good artist that I could draw that thing the way I saw it. But that's what's happening. The intent of this is to test the law because if they can get away with it, their intent is to shut down the churches that will not comply to the law. Robert Jeffers at First Baptist Dallas has already said, we will not conform to this law. And you're all saying yes? But are you willing to understand what that really means? I know people who will quit giving to ministry if they don't get the tax credit for their gifts. So they're going to quit giving because that's the first thing they want to do. But now we're back to confirming his word if we preach his word. So we'll either fear what is going on or we will acknowledge God and preach the word with boldness. So in Acts, they turn around after Peter came back and they said, Lord, that you would grant that with all boldness, all boldness, in essence, we'll speak Jesus. Ever since Adrian brought that message, it's never left me. We speak Jesus in this house. We speak Jesus in the city. We speak Jesus in the church. We speak Jesus over our families. We speak Jesus speak. We're doing Jesus speak. And it's going to get more and more intense. But are you willing to do that? Now, things are going to get darker, but they're also going to get brighter. Simultaneously, God has promised. Darkness is going to cover the earth, growth, darkness of people. But your light has arisen. And that kings will come to your rising, come to your light. Kings, those who count themselves as something in this world will eventually come to the kingdom and say, what is it that you've got? What is going on? Because it's a promise of God and he watches over his word to perform it. And he's not slack in his promise. Now, people say, well, we've had all these prophecies and none of them come to pass. Well, a lot of them have, but the, the accounting of them through the news media is, is twisted. There were a great many things happen during the last election that have not been reported anywhere. 
because it doesn't fit the narrative and it exposes them for their darkness. But God watches over his word. So what God says, God is doing. And he's not about to do it. He's not going to do it. It's not down the road. It's not, we don't have to wait till 2023, January 1. He's already doing it and he's never stopped doing it. Pastor used that scripture the other day. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the increase of his government of peace, there shall be no end. And it goes on to say, and from that time forward, from the time Jesus was born, the government of peace began and it has increased. The kingdom has increased from that day on. Because the kingdom started increasing under Jesus's ministry and it never stopped. In Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, it multiplied exponentially in a moment's time. And it's kingdom building, it's kingdom processing, it's kingdom expanding, it's kingdom mightily working. And he's doing it today, and he's doing it in a magnificent manner. And all of Acts gives us the examples of how it began. And there are people who are now stating in, in, well, Jesus wouldn't even do church like we do church. Well, who do you think's doing it? Where is Jesus? Where is he? Christ in you. <clears throat> so do you really think that if Christ's in you, meaning Christ in what, 50 million people? Hasn't told somebody how to do it different? You mean all 50 million people out of them, not one is listening? <coughs> well, but, but, but we, just, we just think, well, and that's the problem. Because in various parts of the world, church is done differently. It's culturally made different. It's economically made different. There's all kinds of reasons why it's different. Miss June in China had to operate in a certain way and had yet had the kingdom working in a church mindset with those kids that she was dealing with. A friend of mine did business in China, had offices in China, and therefore would minister to those people in China and they would go to the state church to be baptized so they wouldn't get in more trouble. And yet the church there functioned in a different manner because it was necessary and God watched over his word there. The same thing's true in Africa. We, we've, we've ministered in various places. Watching Sherry minister in a Maasai meeting one night over a thousand people and watching her minister and it, and it was different. Now they all met in a building that didn't have any walls on the outside. They just had the roof. But how they operated was, was different even though it wasn't a lot different 
but they operated according to their culture and according to what was going on. And God showed up, as he always does, with corresponding signs. So are they not doing it right, or are they doing it right and we're doing it wrong? Or are the people in, in China who are having to pray and ask the Holy Ghost where to go to church? Are they doing it right and we're doing it wrong because we know we can come to church? And name a country, it doesn't matter. Damien's been working a lot. Some of you know who Damien is. Damien's been working a lot down in Argentina with, with uh, unreached tribal groups. And they're starting, we, we, or something like that. They're, they're reaching hundreds of people in, in ways you and I can't even fathom. And yet it's God corresponding signs following the word that they're preaching to these people who are in their condition because of where they live, and it's church. It's the church. It's the kingdom. It's operating. I've, I've been in places where ministers had more than one wife, and yet the church was operating. But it's in their culture. It's not a big deal. And rather than just attack them, which we actually did tell one chief to pick a, pick a wife, but take care of the rest of them and don't cast them out. And we had to tell pastors that too. You're going to have to pick a wife, live with that wife, but you cannot cast the others out on the street or nor their kids. So did they cease being the church because they have that difficulty? Not at all. God still shows up. God still moves. People are still being healed. God is following is causing his signs and wonders to follow his word, not the perfection of his people. We, we think we got to get all our ducks in a row and everything just right and we got to say it just right and we got our formulas. You can buy a thousand books tomorrow that will have a thousand formulas on how to get God to move. And generally... Not one of them works because you concentrate on a formula rather than the word and the backing of God in what he says. I have people come to me. They'll bring me a book from this one, teacher. We need to be doing this. Then they'll bring me a book from another teacher. We need to be doing it. Which is exactly the opposite of what the other one said. And so I had one that said over here brought me one book. And one that said over here brought me another book. And they love each other. And God's still using them. And God's still backing them by the backing his word that they use. And bringing it to pass. His sign. Are you catching anything I'm talking about? See, so when we go out of this building, <coughs> it's one thing to come in here in agreement. But it's another thing to go out the doors into the community of man and carry this thing as a believer to see these signs following. Not for the sign's sake, but for the deliverance of the masses of people that need Jesus because he has promised 
He is faithful who has promised. He, God, is faithful who hath promised. He promised this is what he would do. Preach his word, this is the corresponding result. Speak his word, and he'll back it up. I've known people, hand me that water, honey. I've known people who believe his word, but they still got some problems. And yet God backs up his word. Now, as far as this crowd, I'd say pretty much everybody in here knows the name Joyce Meyer. Have you ever read how Joyce started? When she got saved, she'd have folks come in her living room and she'd be smoking her cigarette in the summertime in her short shorts with her Bible open and preach the word and God would honor it with corresponding signs following. And yet there are people that would have given her a fit. Well, she didn't stay that way. She learned, she grew, I mean really grew, in an amazing manner. But she was willing, however and whatever she knew, to start out. And when she started out, she started out understanding this is the all-important aspect of who we are, called the Word. And because of that, when she preached the Word, signs followed the word didn't necessarily follow Joyce, didn't necessarily follow Kenneth Copeland, didn't necessarily follow Derek Prince, nor Joseph Prince, or any other prince. The signs and wonders and corresponding actions follow the word. Because God says he will watch over his word. So... People say, well, I, I, I don't really know how to witness. Find the word that relates to how you were saved and share it. It's the word. Jeremiah 1.12 says, God was talking to him. He said, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. For I am ready to perform my word. Now, prior to that, he showed Jeremiah an almond tree. And he had some other prophetic things to go along with it. But he says, I am ready. That word ready in the Hebrew and also translated watching. I am watching to perform my word. God says in the if you, I will. Now, we don't like the if part. But God puts the if out there. If you believe, these will follow your believing. Because if you believe, you'll speak my word. And if you speak my word, I'll perform my word. So he says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. That's what Isaiah said. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Obedient to what? Well, in the Old Testament, it was obedient to the law of Moses. But in the New Testament, it's obedient, obedience to the perfect law of liberty. Wherein Christ has made us. Yeah. 
The right word is free. So if we function and we operate and we walk, even when we mess up, you see, on your worst day, you're still the righteousness of God in Christ. And he promised to perform his word that comes out of your mouth. Now, let's look at that. That's not just to others, that's to ourselves. Because we've got to know how we're speaking about ourselves just as surely as we speak about everything around us. What do we say about us? Are we quoting the word about us? Because if we are, he follows it up with his performance of fulfilling everything he said. So by his stripes you were healed, therefore I'm healed. Do I still fight battles of health? Yeah, but I'm healed. Yes. Yes, we are. And we are totally and completely healed. We walk in the victory of Jesus Christ. We don't walk in the victory of a positive confession. We walk in the victory of a positive word from the Bible, from God. We walk in the victory where God has set us free through Jesus Christ. We walk in that victory. God has made us free. And I pulled the hearing aid out because the battery went nuts on me just now. And I was echoing in my hearing aid what I'm talking to you about. So isn't it wonderful that he's here healing my ears so I don't have to have that stupid thing backfiring on me. How are you going to look at this? How are we going to take this into our daily living now? And realize when we're in the marketplace, when we're in the business community, wherever we are, we are carriers of the word and we are kingdom citizens and kingdom people. In fact, the word says you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's why I say we the kingdom rather than we the people. Because it's the kingdom message that will change the situations that are going on right now. In, because the kingdom message is focused on the hearts of people. Whereas we the people message is focused on other things. And I can name a bunch of them. But Jesus' focus is people. Salvation. One soul at a time. My friend Bill Wilson in, in, in Brooklyn, he, he adopted this phrase years and years ago, one by one, W-O-N by O-N-E. And they began to walk through the streets of, of Brooklyn and seeing souls saved by the thousands doing a one by one and consistently walking in that process. Now that's expanded. I mean, I have shared some of his posts of late where he's been to the Ukraine, Thailand, uh, Hong Kong, and he, they're, they're just absolutely exploding the gospel everywhere they go, and they're going in war-torn, terrible areas 
but they share the word and God backs the word. But then that's happening here with us if we will believe. If we will believe. We prayed a prayer for, for whomever that was. Do we believe when we prayed that prayer? God watches over his word. All right, so let's look at it. So I've been praying. And I have to consider, have I prayed the word over my friend? Or have I prayed my thoughts over my friend? Because God watches his word to perform it. Have we ever prayed our thoughts over somebody? And it's in the Bible too. Dorcas, I think it was her name. She was sick. They wanted Paul to pray for her because they knew if Paul prayed for her, she'd be healed. But you know what they said about it? Well, we know if you pray for her, she'll be healed. No. They said, look at all of this stuff she's done. They pulled out all these materials and all these garments and all that. She's just been doing all this work. She's, she's given to all kinds of people. She's seeing that most of the folks around are clothed. She's, she's done this. She's done that. She's done this. And we just know if you'll pray, she'll be healed. Now, suppose one of you tell me what was the word spoken. The word spoken. It was all about what, how come she's worthy to be prayed for. Well, the reality is they could have said, Dorcas is a street woman that is homeless. She's been in this shape forever and everything about her has been evil and wrong and, and bad and all of this is going on, but we believe the word of God. And they start speaking the word. You see, because the woman I just described as well as Dorcas are the same when it comes to the will and purposes of God. It is not the will of God that any should perish, but all should come to newness of life. So if it's not his will for somebody to perish right off the bat, it's not your will, God, for this person to die of cancer. So therefore, cancers of the curse, cancers of the devil, we stand against it in the name of Jesus based on the word, we shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And if I can't get there to lay hands on the sick, I'll go back to, well, what did Jesus do with Cornelius' servant? You don't have to come to my house, say the word. All right, your servant is healed. Because the word spoke, your servant is healed. The priest's daughter, if you come, she'll be healed. Well, I'll come. Everybody else had her dead already. They were ready to take her out and bury her. He walks, Jesus walks in, has to put them all out, says the word. And the word spoke and the little girl arose. God sent us down to Tennessee one time. A, a young man that we knew had been in a terrible accident and his brain was scrambled. And he was in a terrible shape. I went in and everybody in a room. I don't know. We're going to pray. I said, no, you ain't with me. You're not. 
I said, now, I don't want to be mean to anybody, but I need all of you to leave. What? Of course, his wife was for it because she was already upset with all of the family that were squalling. And she got them out of the room. They all left the room. Uh, another fellow was there who was part of the church, and he, he prayed with me. And we spoke the word. In fact, while we were praying the word, the guy whose brain was scrambled began to pray in tongues. Now, he couldn't give you a sentence, but he started praying in the spirit. See, because the spirit knows how to pray. His mental capacity, because of what had happened, was messed up. But the spirit knew how to pray. So we just said, okay, according to your word, Lord, this tongue has an interpretation. Tell us what he's saying. Out of his mouth, three levels of my brain are mixed up. I can't get them into balance. Now we know what to pray. Speak the word. Command it to come into balance. Because what does the Bible say? He has given us power, love, and sound mind. The word. We left. I called back the next day. <laughs> you, you probably don't ever want to do that. Because she said he's worse. What do you mean worse? Oh, it's been a rough day. And it happened to be that it was a Wednesday. And both of them were on the worship team before the accident. She calls later on. Right before time to go to church, she tells him, I'm going to go, Brian, I'm going to go to church. I've got to have some worship. And he rolls over and says, I sure wish I could go to church with you because I'd really love to have some worship. So the worship team turned the service over to the pastor and they came to the hospital and the hospital let him come in and they had worship in the hospital room. Now he had to do some rehab because his muscles had all completely atrophied. Why didn't they just strengthen? I don't know. I didn't pray about his muscles. Maybe I should have because I didn't know what would happen. But he's still alive today and that was in, what, 89, 88, somewhere along in there. Huh? Yeah, they came to our 50th wedding anniversary. Why? Because it's the word. Now, has that always happened for me? No. Why? Because of my unbelief, most likely. Do I like admitting that? Not even a little bit. But I can't blame God. Because God said, and if God said, God said. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So when whatever God says operates... I have to look otherwise. First, I have to look at, let me make this statement. I heard a fellow not long ago make this statement and, and I, it, it, it irritated me really. It's my job to pray and I'm not responsible for any of the outcome. Yes, I am. Matter of fact, I can show you in this book right here where I will give an account for the people I've ministered to over the years. I will give an account. 
Now, they have free choice. They have free will. But how I deal with them, what I do about them, and how I treat them is all recorded. And God says, I'll call you to account. Now, thank God I'm forgiven. And I'm still a part of heaven and I'm still a part of the kingdom. But the reality is, is I am responsible when I pray for you to have my head on right. And to have my heart on right. My heart needs to be in the right place with Jesus so that when I pray, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith because the prayer of faith will save the sick. Y'all are so quiet, I'm going to close here in, in two minutes. I would land a jet, but I've never flown one like pastor, so I don't do that. And now I can't even land the Piper Cub. I'm just going to stop. But you and I have to come to this place as a church, as a people, and the kingdom has to come to this place. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Let's declare God's truth because it's the truth that will refute the lie. If all we do is focus on trying to give an account as to why something's a lie, we won't be just speaking truth. But what if we just start speaking truth in the midst of the lie and let God take care of backing up his truth so he's the one that will dispel the lie. He's the one that will throw out the lie. He's the one that will bring the victory because it's all in him. It's all in him. It's not in us. It's in him. There are things that we must do in our believing. I've got to get my believer to functioning at its highest degree in whatever area it is. And God's promise is sure he'll back it up 100%. Christ Church is moving in a direction, even a new direction. And it is in a direct, well, let's say a more clarified direction. That what we do will be so pronounced and on purpose. That as we do it on purpose, faith believing. Faith believing. These signs will function, operate, and explode around us both here and in the communities we live in. Because what we are equipped with here, we will carry out there. And what God gives us here, he empowers us to use out there. So when God speaks to our hearts through our pastor, he's telling us, this is the equipment you'll need for this week. Take it and use it. And then let's start believing. And won't it be wonderful... When you can come back on a Sunday so excited, waiting, you can't wait to tell, Pastor, this happened yesterday. This happened Thursday after, I, after Wednesday when I got out Thursday. This happened behind what God said. This is what happened. And especially when you bring them in here and you bring the people in and say, Look at these that gave their heart to the Lord when we, we saw them. They were standing around Friday at Walmart. And I just walked up to them and started talking. And look what God did. 
because I've shared Jesus. And this is how he functions. And this is what he does. And he did it. He did it through me. And then I look and I remember the scripture. A man that winneth souls is wise. So I'm going to focus on the purpose of God, which is no man should perish, but every should come to newness of life. And so I've given my life, my everything, for that purpose to see God's glory.